Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The addition of a new baby to the family can be an incredibly stressful and life-altering event. In a recent article, some parents have even reported the birth of their first child to be more stressful and lead to more unhappiness than unemployment, divorce, and even a death. I'm Dr. Jennifer Shear, licensed clinical psychologist, and you're listening to Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here. So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies, broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm your host, Kristen Stratton. I'm a certified birth doula, postpartum doula, and owner of Indu Season Doula Services, and also mother of three. If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website at newmommymedia.com and subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also subscribe to our show through iTunes so you'll automatically get new episodes when they're released. Sunny's here to tell us about other ways you can participate in our new show. Yep. Hey, everybody. So Newbies has a Facebook account. We also have a Twitter account. So if you're on any of those social media platforms, be sure to like us and follow us. And we'll be posting some great articles we see online. And we'll be continuing some of the discussions that we start here when we're recording our episodes. So it's a great way to get involved. Also, if you want to become part of the show, there's a couple different ways you can do that. If you have questions about anything regarding new parenting and being a new mom and caring for a new baby, you can ask our experts questions. And you can go to our website, see a complete list of our experts, and uh, submit your question through our website via email. Or you can also call our voicemail, and uh, we'll use it on the show. We'll actually have other people listen to it as well, and that way everyone can kind of benefit from the questions that you have. Um, we also have a segment where we like to talk about the oops, the things that we do accidentally as new parents in the very beginning, those funny stories where you just, something you probably, you know, just hop on Facebook and tell everyone about because it's the funniest thing ever. Um, we like to share those with our audience as well. So same thing. Head on over to our website in the contact section and uh, submit your stories that way and you can be part of our show. I'm a mommy of four children. My oldest just turned five. Um, a boy. I have a three-year-old boy as well. And then I have twin girls who are now about 21 months old. Julie, tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Julie. Schmidt. I am 55, so I'm a grandma. I am also a birth and postpartum doula. I have 10 kids. Yes, you heard me. 10 kids. (laughs) We're balanced, though. There's five boys, five girls. (laughs) Um, uh, The oldest is 33. Then the next one is 31, 29, 27, 19, two 16-year-olds, a 15-year-old, and twin nine-year-olds. I have worked also, prior to being a doula and a postpartum doula, I was a foster mom 
and worked with the county that I lived in at the time to mentor new foster parents. So probably in the course of the 20 years that I was a foster mom, we fostered about 75 to 85 kids. Oh my goodness. Wow. So you, yeah. you, man, you've been a mom for a long time with a my lot life. of babies. <laughs> Tomorrow's my anniversary. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah. um, and Jennifer, Dr. Shear, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a mama as well. I am. I've got two boys, nine and four, and um, always mothering and, and enjoying the time when I'm with new moms in the office and dads and families and helping them to try to create some semblance of meaning and order (laughs) as I do myself at home. (laughs) Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Okay, so before we kick things off today, we're going to talk about a news headline. We're talking about bringing your kids to work. There are apparently these baby at work policies is what they're what they're calling it, and it's gaining momentum with new parents and employers. Now this is kind of everything's kind of focused right now on uh, Washington State. There seems to be some big organizations in Washington State that are starting this, uh, including the Washington State Department of Health, which is in Olympia. And they are allowing infants to come to work. Um, And according to the article, there are currently 200 companies and organizations in the U.S. that now have some sort of babies at work policy. And so as you can imagine, you know, it's really hard after you have a baby to go back into work and get in the swing of things, especially if you're breastfeeding. And so um, they basically come out and said, we support this and we're encouraging other people's other people to do this. And they said the the response has been, you know, very good. Some people are skeptical at first, but they also say in order for the program to continue, um, that you still have to have some rules. And I, real quickly, I just want to go through some of these rules and then get your guys' feedback on what you think. Um, babies cannot be disruptive. <laughs> The program is limited to babies who can't yet crawl, and they're kind of focusing on the six weeks to the six-month-old time frame, so after mom and dad are back from maternity and paternity leave. Um, Everybody still needs to get their work done. Parents need to pre-plan for backup care, and that there should be a baby-free zone somewhere in the workplace. So what do you guys think about this? Is this a good idea? I think in theory it's a great idea, especially for nursing moms. I think that's one of the things that I hear a lot from our moms is that going back to work is just the last thing they're thinking about doing or wanting to do, especially at six weeks um, postpartum, because then the nursing, developing developing nursing relationship is, can be interrupted. Um, So being at work and being able to nurse baby on demand, that would be awesome. Now, babies not being disruptive is not possible. So I know. That, <laughs> I was shocked. Work. I was shocked when I read that. How, how are you supposed to adhere to that? It seemed like the whole program yeah, would just shot right down. Right. Yeah. I'm right. almost wondering if they'd be better off putting their efforts into developing a 
telecommute program. That's what I was thinking too, yeah. Because they're talking about special accommodations. So anytime we're talking about that, we're talking about equipment, changing space. And for smaller businesses, that might not be very practical, financially feasible. But if they can send a laptop home with somebody and have them, you know, call in for, you know, phone conferences and things like that, and maybe just come in for an hour or two here and there when they physically need to be. I realize that's not universal for all jobs. Um, But I feel like that might be time better spent because as Julie said, there's no way your baby's going to not be disruptive. They cry because that's the only way to communicate what they need. And uh, God forbid you have a colicky baby or something more, you know, challenging um, because then I don't know exactly how you'd have the best of both worlds. So I think it needs some tweaking. I agree (laughs) with everything you're saying. Um, You know, clearly we want the workplace to be as supportive as possible. But in some ways, I think it's a bit of a setup because, you know, new parents, especially moms who are primary caretakers, um, are absorbed completely in in trying to learn their babies, read the cues, respond. Your own sense of identity is completely going under a complete overhaul. And to then put the demand of simultaneously having to work, be in a professional setting, and do this whole new role with your baby is could be undue stress. Right. Yeah. Kristen, I really like your idea of the telecommuting, you know, kind of role. And I think that's where we're going more as a society anyways. And like you said, there are some jobs, obviously, you know, my husband's a police officer. He can't do his, he can't telecommute, right? There are some things that you're just not going to be able to do. But I think for mom and baby, I think baby's going to feel more comfortable in their own environment, right? So doing something like that, I I think makes a lot of sense. And um, I don't know, I wasn't very understanding before I had kids, honestly. And I know right now, you know, I, I probably primarily work from home as a mom. And so I know what it's like to constantly have your baby in your space, (laughs) right? And try to do work. I'm not convinced that it's the best thing for the mom, you know, or dad to be productive in their job too. So not just, you know, everyone around you and how do they respond to it, but how are you actually able to accomplish this stuff? And um, yeah, I think we should extend maternity, paternity leave, do some other things like that maybe then, you know, take care of ourselves that way than bringing it all to the workplace. Yeah, A for know. effort, but not right. not quite the solution. Just not, a little off the mark. Not there yet. Missing right, the yeah. mark. Missing the mark, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today on Newbies, we're discussing the emotional state of new mothers. Does motherhood really make you happier? Joining us today is licensed clinical psychologist, Dr. Jennifer Shear. Thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Shear, and welcome to the show. Thank you. The article in the Washington Post cites a study of German families who reported feelings of substantial unhappiness following the birth of their first child, even more so than the unhappiness experienced by families who are undergoing a divorce, unemployment, even death. This sounds pretty alarming. Can you speak to some of the stressors experienced by new parents that could explain why this might be the case here in America? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, the thing that I find even more alarming than the study is the myth that continues to be, you know, to prevail really in our society, that pregnancy and first year of new parenthood um, should be so blissful. Um, I think that is such an unrealistic expectation and enormous pressure um, that contributes to some of the unhappiness. Um, the, you know, pregnancy and first year of new parenthood, I see it as very often developmental crises. Um, there's at probably no other time in your life as much profound intrapsychic reorganization and change as when you are needing to integrate your sense of yourself from who you were to who you are in these new roles. And I think that speaks to everyone, grandparents, you know, um, siblings who now have um, a, a new sibling member. Everyone has to make major readjustments and you're doing that all together. Um, there are clearly, you know, specific stressors that are universal, um, fatigue, sleep deprivation, hormonal and physiological changes, financial stressors. Um, but again, the emotional work of really integrating a whole new sense of yourself and expanding for moms, particularly a maternal identity into who you've been is tremendous, um, tremendous work. What are some of the issues with our social structures which make parenthood such a challenge? Um, I think to piggyback on what we just said, um, the unrealistic expectation that you should be enjoying every minute, that this should be such a sense of feeling success and elated. I also think, you know, we have such a breakdown of community and extended family. There are lots of single parent families. Um, the the financial strains in terms of needing to work and balance work with caretaking and just not having that support. What does a mother experience the first year postpartum that is uniquely stressful for her? Many things. Um, I'm going to talk more to the emotional and psychological issues, I think. Primarily, you're faced with your own attachment issues. A lot of stuff from your early attachment with your own mom um, gets triggered, come, comes out at that time. Your own issues with dependency and autonomy um, can just pop out unexpectedly. Also, when you're when you have a newborn, you are empathizing with the level of dependency that this infant um, is experiencing, and that can trigger like a remembering context that is also often nonverbal. So your own feelings of how you were when you were dependent, um, simultaneously your own experience of your mother mothering you at that time, you are bombarded often unconsciously and in moment-to-moment -moment frames of all of this like underground stuff. And at the same time, you are needing to manage your emotions while you are managing um, the needs of an infant. So you've got to balance those when you're pretty much under chronic stress. And let's talk about partners too. Uh, what does a father or partner experience during the first year of parenthood that is uniquely stressful for him? Um, with fathers, if we're looking traditionally, a lot of self-esteem and identity, you know, gets um, invested in how to provide for the family, how to support um, the new mom. You know, I think nowadays there's a lot of negotiation going on between couples um, in terms of of how to 
share both work and caregiving and um you know it's it's um a reinvention it's it's a whole new creative process that couples have to um team up and align with um i would think also you know again going back to what the mother has to experience in terms of identity and looking at um what her experiences have been from being mothered dads also um and i think there's a lot of different expectations um, dads put on themselves now in terms of how involved, invested they want to be in the actual relationship and ch- um, childcare that, again, is unknown territory. And I'd really love to hear from Julie, having worked with so many families over the years, uh, what your experience has been. Well, I think, I mean, everything Dr. Scher said is, is right on, as well as I, I've heard a lot of moms um, say they, um, they, well, they compare themselves to, uh, let's say, Princess uh, Catherine. And, you know, she walked out of the hospital looking um, photo op worthy. And most of us, that's not that's not the case, you know. And so they feel bad about themselves, sadly, because they don't look like her. And um, there's so many other celebrities that, you know, present the same illusion uh, that our moms are seeing. That you should bounce back right away. Yeah, like, bam, I'm going to look hot and sexy and, and and I kind of feel like saying do you really want to because let me trust you <laughs> trust me you got milk leaking out of your boobs it's the last thing you want to but you know so the comparing themselves to others I think is is damaging um, and they also have that supermom complex it, this is a, I think uniquely American where we feel like within you know two weeks we should be up and at them you know whether it was a belly birth or a vaginal birth you know, it's like, get up, get going, you know, everything should be, all our ducks should be in a row. And, and not only do we feel that way, but it's almost expected. I, there's an expectation from those around us. I mean, I've heard grandma say, well, I just don't know why she's just not, I just, I don't understand. I mean, the baby's two weeks old for crying out loud, you know, and I think to myself, (laughs) uh, yeah, but did did you notice she can barely walk? (laughs) She's still recovering. So, um, you know, those are the, the things that I see. And then not to mention, I mean, just the real physical aspects after giving birth of um, sleep deprivation. I'm sorry, I didn't feel like doing much of anything. I was so tired um, all the time. And, you know, recovering, I was recovering myself from a belly birth. So that required a lot from my from me physiologically that I wasn't, you know, necessarily aware of, but it was definitely happening. Um, we don't feed ourselves well. We don't take care of ourselves well because we're taking care of someone else that needs us. So all those things, I think, play into that postpartum um, angst that happens during that first year. And for guys, I hear a lot of, she just doesn't pay that much attention to me anymore. And sometimes I feel like, you know, slapping them. But usually <laughs> my response is, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that, that you feel that way. Um, it'll come. You know, it'll come, it'll, things will turn around and their expectations, father's expectations of their wives too, or partners um, are sometimes really high because they too seem the same, see the same media that we do. And they believe that their wife should, you know, already be doing everything that all the, you know, how come you don't have your figure back? It's been two weeks. How come, you know, you're not back at work. It's been two weeks. We need that paycheck. Hey, hey, hey. So I I hear a lot of that. 
And Dr. Sher, what are some of the ways that a family could mitigate the negative impacts of a new baby and experience more happiness and more stability? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think emotional preparation as well as logistical preparation is really important. I think, you know, clearly communication among the couple about um, what what losses they're facing as they move into and transition into a whole new stage of life and to to really grieve it and be conscious of it and aware of it and enjoy the time pre-baby that they have um, and create beautiful memories and frame it mentally so that when you get to the place where where you're um, embracing this new family member, a lot of that, not all, but a lot of it has been made conscious and you've been able to move through. And then there's room. Um, but any change involves loss, and, and that's hard. So the more um, couples can be realistic about what changes are about to happen and to accept them, um, make some tough decisions about changes they're going to make in their lifestyle to accommodate this. Um, you know, a lot of issues around you know, how to balance the work and family, and and it, people are surprised at how they feel after they have a baby, you know? <laughs> um, sometimes... Y- what becomes most important to you is not something you could ever have imagined, um, you know, before before having a family. Um, again, I want to emphasize sleep, 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 sleep. Um, absolutely, the the more support you get for um, your own self care, the sleep, the exercise, the diet um, affects everything. And again, um, supporting each other in their new roles. That's really what I think. The challenge is when you're as new parents, you really have got to see your partner and support them and admire them um, and encourage them as becoming a new mom and a new dad. When we come back, we will continue our discussion about the challenges families face when bringing home a new baby. We'll be right back. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the show. We're talking with Dr. Jennifer Shear all about a recent study in which families reported being more unhappy the first two years after birth than families experiencing divorce, unemployment, or even death. Dr. Shear, how important is social support? Oh, I don't think it can be emphasized enough. It is it is the crux of everything. You know, we need we need more hands to help out. We need the emotional support, and we also need um, support from community and extended family um, for the learning process of how to transition into these new roles and how to take care of a new life and sustain it and help it thrive. And what do you recommend for a family experiencing extreme unhappiness following the addition of a new child? I think it's really um, specific to what the sources of stress are. You know, it could be anything from attachment issues and bonding with the baby uh, to financial strain to, um, you know, marital issues. It really, it's so widespread. Um, There's clearly just the cumulative stress of, you know, the moment to moment 
laborious task of caretaking in that first year. But um, in terms of families that are really struggling, um, a real assessment of what is the most burdensome, I think, is important before proceeding. Um, And what can family members do to support these new parents? I think, again, I think you can't underestimate how much just, you know, going to the grocery store and bringing in the food and just coming together and um, allowing new parents to adjust to the new responsibilities they have. Um, the ability to let them focus on getting to know their baby, getting to know themselves in relation to this baby. So anything family members can do to take care of the housework, um, all the other external responsibilities, and really allow the new the new family to to bond and kind of explore this um, is crucial. And then again, you know, as as um, the year goes on, I think it's really important for um, extended family to to be able to support both mom and dad in their maternal identity the um, you know being a new dad and really encourage and support them and to recognize how sensitive new parents are to to things that aren't even meant as criticisms because they're constantly trying to learn and as as you mentioned before they're comparing themselves to ideals that probably should not even be out there um, so to really be sensitive to how parents are perceiving their own judgments and the insecurities that any thoughtful adults um, are going to carry around as they're trying to figure this out is, is really helpful. And Julie, can you share some of your experiences with how you found um, families could pull together and, and help these new parents while they're adjusting? Well, I know in our family, we have lots of aunts and cousins and uncles and um, and then grandparents. So we tend to, when a child is born, try to um, gather the wagons, circle the wagons, if you will, around the new um, family and bring meals, just stop by if we, you know, if it's convenient for them, of course, and um, just stay there maybe for a couple hours, do some dishes, do a load of laundry, you know, do the things that have to be done even though you have a new baby and you're not 100% feeling well um, and encouraging them just telling them what they're doing right you know just when you see what they're doing right go oh wow that's such a great latch or um, you know when when inevitably a baby boy when they're changing their diaper and they pee on them you go oh yeah that happened to me a million times you know and so you just reinforce that what they're experiencing is normal and it's okay to feel sometimes over you know overworked overstressed overburdened but you know give them that the the kudos too for what they are doing right and what could parents do prenatally to help prepare themselves and set themselves up for success um some of the stuff i think that we've touched on definitely um preparing for the transition you know, um, trying to get as organized <laughs> as possible ahead of time so that it gives you the freedom once y- you don't have that time anymore and the demands are on you, that you, you've you already got some systems in place. Um, I think, again, really talking through the changes that are about to occur, um, thinking through pragmatically how you're going to make alterations, um, and then, you know, the psychological piece of really mourning, mourning a lot of the changes that result in loss or compromise of 
you know, your own autonomy, your current lifestyle, especially, you know, parents that are older, you've had a longer period of time um, to, to be used to a certain way of being. And um, there's enormous sacrifice in needing to surrender yourself to the needs of of a newborn no matter how much you adore this baby um it it pulls on on you in in such a profound way and how about keeping that relationship strong between mom and dad or mom and partner um what are things we can do during that first year just to you know be happy and be strong together um i think certainly understanding um what each other's priorities are in the new role Um, I think it's real important for moms to understand where dad's self-esteem is coming from at that point. You know, if if it's really about anxiety about providing and and maintaining financial stability, they might be less available emotionally, but they're really doing this um, because they want to be good for their family, you know. So really understanding the intention of where it's coming from. Um, and then I think for dads to understand, you know, moms have like, um, you know, they'll they'll wake up right before the babies cry to be uh, available to respond immediately um, and understand the pressure that a mom feels um, in terms of the timing of things, <laughs> I think is huge. And I don't know, you know, that all partners experience it similarly. So that might help. And... How about you, Julie? Would you add anything to that list? You know, talking, I put real talk. Um, So being able to speak in real terms about what adding a baby is going to be like or what they visualize it's going to be like prior to the birth, well, what their roles are going to be like and how they think it's going to play out. And then the reality of what's really going to happen, maybe having that same conversation or those same um, bullet points, if you will, discussing them with people who've been there, done that. And then they can say, yeah, that might work, but maybe not because here's why, you know, or that worked for us, but this didn't. And just kind of giving them ideas and feedback of, you know, just how, how real some of that is going to be and how maybe it could or could not work in their lifestyle. Um, and in terms of the dads and keeping the, the family strong, you know, I'm all about talking about your feelings and hopefully feeling safe enough to do so. And I think that's kind of one of the key components is being able to feel safe and then saying, you know, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or I'm feeling underwhelmed by your your help or, you know, <laughs> whatever, you know, whatever it is that's actually going on. Um, and that's what I hear a lot, too, is moms and dads both feeling like I don't feel like I can really say this to her or I can say this to him without maybe starting World War III or at least starting a discussion I'm just that will be heated as opposed to calm and you know productive so um, talking about it but really feeling safe in doing so I think is important. Well thank you so much Dr. Shear and our lovely panelists for chatting with us today and for our Newbies Club members our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Dr. Shear will provide specific tips for self-care and resources for social support for our listeners who are maybe feeling socially isolated. For more information about the Newbies Club please visit our website at newmommymedia.com.
Okay, so before we wrap up, we do have a comment from one of our listeners that I wanted to share with you guys. This comes from Veronica, and Veronica listens to many of the New Mommy Media shows, and she says, I have been an avid listener of yours for several years. When my husband and I were thinking about having children, I found Pregtastic, and for those of you who don't know, that was a show that I produced before I started New Mommy Media. So I found Pregtastic via iTunes and began downloading and listening to every episode's starting with the last and moving towards the first. When I became pregnant with twins last year, I was enjoying the early episodes of Pregtastic, and then at the end of my pregnancy, I was just finishing the very first episodes, wishing for more, and I found Twin Talks to my delight, and I discovered that you had become a twin mom yourself, and you were also on that podcast. And then from there, I began listening to The Boob Group, which is our breastfeeding show, She says, I only wish I had discovered New Mommy Media earlier in my pregnancy so I could have listened to Preggy Pals when it was relevant. And I wanted to share this with you guys because in launching our new show, Newbies, you know, we are just trying to provide the best quality content out there for new and expecting parents. And our goal is to create this community where, you know, people like Veronica can start with one of our shows and graduate, if you will, to some of the other shows out there. And we felt like we really needed a podcast like Newbies that picked up where our pregnancy show Preggy Pals left off and really just, you know, guides moms through that first year. And we're real proud of this show. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening to some of our first episodes and uh, just being there to support us. And Veronica, thanks so much for submitting this and letting us know that we're on the right track. We're doing the right thing. So thanks so much. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals, for expecting parents. Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Infants and Toddlers, The Boot Group for Moms Who Breastfeed, and Twin Talks for Parents of Multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care, and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.